Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. QLPOR, as it's widely known, features a bevy of poets, spoken word artists, and live poetry readings with best-selling authors. Your host is Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone. I am Michael Anthony Ingram, and my guest tonight is Latoya Whipple. Her new book is Broken, Crushed, Shattered, Mended, Healed, How to Survive a Broken Heart. Hello, Latoya. Welcome to the program. Hi, Dr. Ingram. Thank you for allowing me to share the mic with you on tonight, such a distinguished host as yourself. (laughs) Well, I I appreciate that, Latoya. (laughs) Yes, sir. We're going to have fun tonight as we talk about the art and craft of poetry, what it means to you, what it means to the world, just what it means in general. Well, let's begin this poetic journey together. What I'd like you to do is to tell me, what is poetry? Well, Dr. Ingram, I would like to first share the theoretical definition of poetry, followed by my practical definition of poetry. Poetry is an artistic expression, and there are over 50 different types of poetic categories, as we know. The seven most common types are haiku, free verse, sonnets, epic, and ballad. Poetry has been around approximately since the 13th century. Origin of poetry is a word of Greek origin. It comes from a verb which means to make or to create. However, my personal definition of poetry would be poetry is the lyrics of our hearts that connect us to the shared trait of humanity. Poetry is the pulse that civilizes us, no matter our culture or socioeconomic backgrounds. That's what poetry is to me. Wow. I'd like you to share your definition again, your personal definition. Okay, sure, absolutely. Poetry is the lyrics of our hearts that connect us to the shared trait of humanity. Poetry is the pulse that civilizes us no matter our culture or socioeconomic backgrounds. Wow. That, 
I like that so much. I love the words, especially when you said lyrics, pulse, shared traits of humanity. Talk a little bit more about this pulse that civilizes us. That was extremely powerful. Thank you, sir. Well, how I look at that as the pulse that civilizes us, there are so many different variables that make us all different, whether we're from the Mm -hmm. East Coast, whether we're from the West Coast, whether we are from any of the over 300 countries that exist in the world. So that's what I mean when I say poetry is the pulse that connects us as a shared trait of humanity. We all have a pulse, no matter Mm -hmm. our differences of diverseness. Oh, very nice, very nice. So with all that you know, all that you've experienced, why is poetry important? Poetry is important because it allows us to find our untold stories wrapped in the essence of the stanzas of someone's story, that we are able to find that we have a common denominator of being able to relate to someone else's journey. Oh, again, (laughs) that was explained expertly. I like that. Read it one more time. Say it one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, sir. Absolutely. No problem. Poetry is important because it allows us to find our untold stories, wrapped essence of the stanzas of someone's story Mm. that we... mm -hmm, that we are able to find that we have a common denominator of being able to relate to someone else's journey. You know, when you talk about being able to relate with someone else's journey, to me that's empathy. I've always said, and as I've traveled the world discussing this whole process, this whole concept of empathy, that if you can't understand another person's story in totality, attempt to resonate with the feelings that go along with that story. So I, I'm listening to what you're sharing, and as we continue tonight, I'm going to continue to listen so that we can talk about the feelings that go along with your story. All right? Yes, sir. All right. Let's begin. Please share a poem. All right. I would like to share the piece entitled Time. Time is a small word that has an enormous meaning. Time is the way one spends minutes, seconds, and hours. Time precious thing to waste. So spend it wisely. Time is irreplaceable. Time 
will go on with you or without you. There are 1,440 minutes in a day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day. There are 24 hours in a day. How does one spend time wastefully or usefully? Time keeps on ticking. It is not something one can stop clicking. Peace. Wow. What was the purpose of that poem, Victoria? Well, Dr. Ingram, the purpose of this particular piece would be um, we have a choice mm-hmm. each and every day. Um, we're all given the same amount of time. But how we spend it, whether we spend it productively or unproductively, is the genesis of this particular piece. All right. So when you think about writing poetry, how much time do you spend working on it, writing it, thinking about it? Well, um, it varies. Um, Depends on the moment, the life experience that I am Mm. dealing with. Um, up against and trying to navigate through, it could mm-hmm. be um, a few minutes or it could be a few hours, depending on the length of the poem, whether it's two or three pages or one line. So it just depends. It varies. All right. You know, as you think about your body of work, what are some of the predominant themes that you write about? The predominant themes of my work is a story of being resilient, sharing wisdom from my wounds obtained Mm. from life's obstacles, inductive observations of life, the concepts, precepts, and perspectives of life's mm-hmm. daily operations as we navigate in our personal and professional lives as challenges arrive. Other predominant themes of my work have a particular interest in endurance, strength when faced with adversity and challenges of this world. So for you, resilience is extremely important. Am I correct? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Being able to bounce back. So as you think about resilience and bouncing back, how do you shape your poetry around those two topics? If that makes sense. I shape my poetry around resilience by introspection Mm. of looking at the resume of my life and the obstacles that I have overcome gives me strength to know that I can be resilient even 
in the present or presence of the challenge at hand. All right. You know, I like that. The resume of my life. That sounds like a poem in itself. Thank you, sir. (laughs) You've written a book. (laughs) Broken, crushed, shattered, mended, healed. How to survive a broken heart. What? I may know this already, just listening to the title, reading the title. What inspired your book? Well, um, what inspired my book would be um, 36 years of age at the moment. All right. Mm-hmm. So what inspired my book would be the different intervals, the, in, the different phases of life's ups and downs and life's challenges that um, initiated me being broken in certain phases and intervals in my life, as well as being crushed, Mm -hmm. shattered, mended, and healed in different phases and intervals of my life that ultimately um, developed into how to survive a broken home Mm. throughout Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. Now, when you think about a poem, is it letting your walls down or building a wall? Both, depending on the specific poem at hand. Both of those happen and interchangeably. Give me more. Give me more. Tell me more. Okay. Well, (laughs) uh, as we know, uh, poetry would be letting down a wall because mm-hmm. poetry is very transparent. Mm. But building up a wall because poetry also provides courage and strength to the writer as well as to the readers and listeners. So that's why I say interchangeably. Oh, very nice. Very nice. So I want to know, how does a poem begin for you? with an idea, a form, or an image? Well, Dr. Ingram, a poem actually begins with me based on an emotion that I construct into an idea and translate it to paper. You need to say that one more time. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Okay. It begins with an emotion. Now, that really struck me. Tell me more about that. That was incredible. Okay. okay. All right. Well, um, what I mean by that, um, Dr. Ingram, mm-hmm. when I say a poem actually begins with me mm-hmm. um, based on an emotion, that I construct into an idea and translate it to paper. What I mean by that beginning as an emotion is um, good, bad, or indifferent type of emotion. Mm -hmm. So based upon that as being the genesis, then Mm -hmm. introspection comes in, and that's how I – the introspection is the idea, and then that's how I translate it into paper, and then – um, to 
electronic device later. Oh, very nice. All right, please share, Paul. <laughs> oh, All right. Please share, Paul. Okay. All right. Well, I would like to share um, the piece entitled Life is a Stage. Life is a stage. We all are rehearsing for a role we hope to obtain the star role. Academy honors one day. Life is a stage. We all are dressing up daily for a role we have no script for. Life is a stage. We are dressing up as heroes when if you knew what was going on behind the scenes in the dressing room, you would not believe the hero character. Life is a stage. Can the producer see the coward behind the hero? Life is a stage. Can the viewers see the context clues of the coward behind the hero? Life is a stage. Can a good predictor see the foreshadowing event of the coward behind the hero? Life is a stage. Can the audience feel the suspense, the horror of the hopelessness of the coward behind the hero? Does anyone see the ending before the script plays out? No. The audience is too busy watching the stage, literally, that the audience can't feel the figurative message beyond depicted. The audience can't feel the hero's heart silently screaming, help me, help me. Do you see me? I am visible to the actors, but to the audience, I'm invisible. Life is a stage in peace. Wow. You know, Miss Whipple, when I listen to you share your work, and we've only two poems in, there's a strength in your voice. There's a power 
in your voice as you share. What I'd like to know is, what is the relationship between your speaking voice and your written voice? All right. Is a difference. Okay. I feel my speaking voice brings my written voice to action. Mm-hmm. In an effort so the readers are able to grasp the true essence of the author's message. Mm. Mm. We share that. We could be twins. I believe that if you write a poem, you should live it. You should breathe it. That's always been important to me, so I can understand what you're sharing. Please share another poem. To back it up with share again, please share another poem. All right. <laughs> I enjoy listening to Absolutely. Thank you very much, Dr. Ingram. This particular piece I will share is entitled, Gone But Not Forgotten. Gone But Not Forgotten. I will never the sense of joy you created in my inner being. Gone, but not forgotten. I will never forget the sense of fulfillment you created inside me. Gone, but not forgotten. I will forever cherish our moments that united us. Gone, but not forgotten. I will forever smile when I think of you. Gone, but not forgotten. Thank you for showing me how it feels be valued. Gone, but not forgotten. Thank you for showing me how it feels to be desired. Gone, but not forgotten. In peace. Now, this is going to sound out of left field, but you remind me, your voice listening to you, of Aretha Franklin. Just the power. Yes, just the way that you pronounce your words, just the, the, the feeling that's involved. Back in her early days. Wow, just incredible. Just wow. incredible. Thank you, sir. I really, yes, I really, I'm enjoying just listening to you emote. Again, the way that you share, it's just, it's just wonderful. It really is. Thank you all for right. your kind response. Thank you, sir. Yes. <laughs> you know, all great writers, Latoya, have great writing influences. Who are some of yours and what makes them great in your eyes? Well, um, Dr. Maya Angelou, 
mm-hmm. would be great in my eyes. And the reason being, um, just a few quick facts about Dr. Maya Angelou um, is the reason why she's great in my eyes would be um, she spent about five years in silence. Mm-hmm. She wrote 36 books, and she recited poems at President Clinton's inauguration. Mm-hmm. Dr. Maya Angelou, I respect her work and love her literary collection, even though she's no longer with us, as we know. Mm-hmm. Um often known as sharing her gift of words, which connects all people who are committed to raising the moral standards of living in the United States. All right. So that's why she... Yes, sir. What happened? You kind of dipped out, so I didn't hear the last piece of what you shared. Something happened oh, with the mic. So please, okay. yes, please share My that little piece of Again, that's no problem. Okay. Um, Dr. Maya Angelou, I respect her work, um, her literary mm-hmm. collection, because she's often known as sharing her gift of words, which connects all people who are committed to raising the moral standards of living in the United States. That's why she stands out in my eyes. All right. All right. Is there anyone else? No, she holds the platform. All right. The only one. You know, (laughs) so if you had to choose a poetic mentor, it sounds like she would be the one. Yes, definitely. You know, when you think about writing poems, you're going to take a little side turn here. We're going to look or imagine that a poem is like a cake, all right? So what I want to know from you is, what are some of the prevalent ingredients that go into the concoction we call a poem, if it's like a cake? How do we we construct it? How do we put it together? How do we mix it? Okay. Well, um, Dr. Ingram, I would mix three things, and I would mix perspective, experience, and a life-applicable lesson. And what I mean by that, um, when I say perspective, there again, there are over 300-some-odd countries in the world. So we have different time zones, different continents, over seven continents. So each one of those individuals their perspective when they are writing their poetry is derived from their perspectives of those diverse locations that brings their experiences to writing poetry or making the cake of poetry into a life applicable lesson based on the diverseness of the perspectives that leads to the experiences in order to gather the essence of poetry. Mm. Wow. Let's go back for a moment in your life. What was Mm -hmm. an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Well, um, I would have to go back to 
the ninth grade when my English teacher um, gave us a class assignment to construct poetry booklet of over 30 poems. And that is when I came to the realization that poetry has power. So it was around about the ninth grade. So what did you realize? What did you what did you see? Was it a poem that you'd written? I guess it sounds like it was. What what was that aha moment about poetry you believe? Um, the aha moment about poetry would have been that I was able to determine that poetry was my release, that I was able to release my emotions, good, bad, or indifferent. So that's how I was able to determine that poetry had power. Um, I was introduced to that in the ninth grade. Wow. You know, Latoya, I really love the way you explain things. It's so clear and succinct. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Let's take a brief break and we'll be right back. (laughs) Sure, absolutely. All right. Latoya Whipple, question for you, Latoya. Okay. Yes, sir. Here we go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) To Mm -hmm. me, as I listen to you share as your words and attempt to understand them from an empathy perspective, there's a lot of emotion involved. All right? That seems to be a given. Do you think that someone can be called a poet if they don't feel strong emotions? I would say yes, Dr. Ingram, and I would say yes Mm -hmm. to that because I feel that we all have emotions. Now, with that being said, it's on different scales for each individual. Mm -hmm. Some people's emotion is more transparent. Some people's emotions are more um internalized whereas some people's emotions are more externalized so in those internal and external emotions are reactions to behaviors in response to interacting with other individuals so when you put Mm -hmm. that on paper sometimes the emotions may be abstract but i think we all have emotions so yes it would be able to do that Okay, okay. You know, some poets claim that a poem is like a living creature. Once it's out there, there's not much you can do to correct 
or improve it, while others edit meticulously, not leaving much from the original draft form. What is your take on editing, the editing process? Well, I would concur with you a thousand percent. Um, Once it's out there, it's not too much editing you can do in that particular moment, but the next time you present it, then there's always time to make edits as the um, individual see fit. All right. Please share another poem. All right. Um, particular piece that I will share is entitled, What is Success? Success is overcoming a past obstacle. Success is a daily decision to manage your present strategically in order to stabilize your future. Success is predicated on lengths of gradual improvements. Whether the length is a quarter of an inch of improvement or a yardstick of gradual improvement, Success is in order. Success is not so much an external survey as much as success is an internal evaluation in peace. You know, I've noticed as you've been sharing your work so far, the poem about time, gone but not forgotten, I think I'm maybe paraphrasing that success, you repeat those words throughout throughout the piece. Is that your trademark, to repeat the words? Um, in some of them, yes, you are a thousand percent mm-hmm. correct. That would mm-hmm. be one of my trademarks, yes. All right. Tell me more about that. How did you how did you determine that? How why is that important to do? Um this particular poem, What is Success, mm-hmm. the genesis of that piece is derived from um introspection. It's in, it's right. more so important to introspect um yourself on a daily basis is is um more important than worrying about the public eye of external mm-hmm. through social media and other various platforms. So um that is the genesis of how that piece was constructed. All right. You know, I guess I was thinking that what you attempt to do when you share one word throughout the poem is that you want to bring emphasis to the power of that word. Because when you share it, like I said, again, it's so strong that it stays with you. Thank you. That is definitely also um, a point that I do attempt to make. So you're absolutely correct in that um, synopsis and an analysis as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. (laughs) You see, I'm listening. 
I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening. All right. <laughs> Latoya, do you think yeah. that you were meant to be a poet? I want to know. Do you think that you were meant to be a poet and why? I think it was an innate trait, yes, from the beginning of my foundation. Um, and the answer why, because um, my poetry is, it's me. It's my, it's mm-hmm. my history. It's my past. Oh, yeah. It's my future. So, yes, mm-hmm. I was meant wow, to be nice. a poet. Poet, I feel. Mm-hmm. So, what have you learned about yourself being a poet? And maybe, if not that question, what has surprised you about being a poet? What surprised me about being a poet, Dr. Ingram, mm-hmm. would be the realization of sharing my work with others to see that I was not alone in the sense that other people have experienced the same challenges that I was up against. So it goes back to that shared trait of humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, very nice, Latoya. <laughs> I don't want you feeling like you're on the witness stand, but you're doing an incredible job. <laughs> you are doing an incredible job. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, you have won the case. You have won. <laughs> you have won the case. All right. Thank you, sir. I'm appreciative. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. yes. Share another poem with us, please. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Dr. Ingram, this particular piece that I will be sharing with you all is entitled Hopes and Dreams. Hope and dreams. Don't forget, leap and the net will appear. Get it done. Hopes and dreams. Don't forget to dance. Believe you can and you're halfway there. Busy is the new happy. Hopes and dreams. Don't forget to follow your heart. Accept every mark of progression. Focused determination is the new win in peace. (laughs) You know, Latoya, so much is happening in our world. There's good, there's bad, and there's ugly. So much is happening. What do you see as being the role of a poet in modern-day society? The role of a poet... In modern-day society, Dr. Ingram, Mm -hmm. I feel um, is to dissect thoughts, concepts, precepts, ideas, and diverse perspectives on paper 
mm-hmm. in an effort to be a voice for those who seem like their voices are hidden in the shadows of others. Mm. Wow. Hidden in the shadows of others. That's a powerful line in itself. Thank you, sir. But being this voice for others, I guess I've never really thought about it until tonight, can be so difficult putting yourself out there, being a poet, lifting your voice to help others or assist others. What do you think about that, the potential difficulty of doing that? Yes, I could not concur with you anymore in that state that very statement that you just said, Dr. Ingram. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very challenging to be a poet because there again you're being transparent. Yes. And that within itself um presents different perspectives and receptives and reactive thoughts and responses from listeners and readers and it's just it can be um, a challenge, but it's worth mm-hmm. it and it's exciting because poetry, you know, Dr. Ingram, that's what we do. You know, <laughs> it's true. That's what we do. But so, yes. what are you trying to? <laughs> what are you trying to communicate with your art? I am trying to communicate with my art that um, resilience. Anyone can bounce back from life's ups and downs is the message that I would like to be received. Mm. Please share another poem. Okay. This particular piece that I will share will be some things. Some things are yes. Some things are no. Some things are wishful. Some things are okay. Some things are exclamation marks. Some things are periods. Some things are commas. Some things are questionable. Some things are wow moments. (laughs) Some things are requests to do action. Some things are caution signs. Some things are slippery slopes in peace. Some things are slippery slopes. Please share another. I want to hear another. All right. This particular piece that I will share is entitled Shoelaces. Shoelaces 
are the inanimate objects that represent the imprints of our journey. Shoelaces reveal where we have gone and where we are going. Shoelaces reveal where we want to go. And sometimes it reveals places we wish we had not gone. Shoelaces indicate where our present, past, and future will afford us to journey. Shoelaces can lead to beautiful journeys. Shoelaces can lead to muddy puddles that will leave a hard stain that only a rainbow can replace. Shoelaces can lead to smooth journeys. Shoelaces can lead to entanglements of knots that will crisscross one's journey to be in such an unpleasant pattern that will cause one's life to be broken, crushed, and shattered. Shoelaces can lead to entanglements of knots that will crisscross one's journey to be in such an unforgettable intersection that will mend and heal one in such a penetrating way. Shoelaces can lead to entanglements of knots (laughs) that will crisscross one's journey to be a teacher on how to survive a broken heart along the journey in peace. Mm. So many questions come up from your sharing that piece. First, I'd like to know, has a poem that you've written ever frightened or humbled you? Um, I would say a poem has 
humbled me. Mm. Tell me more. And okay. I say that it has humbled me, Dr. Ingram, because mm-hmm. once I look back at reading this book that I have written, just to look back at all of the life's ups and downs and challenges, and just to mm-hmm. look back and say, wow, it is just a miracle that um, I was able to overcome through um, God's help and through his grace. Mm -hmm. So I have been humbled to look back over my life as I read this book. So I would say humbled. All right. All right. You know, the title of your poem, Shoelaces, was very interesting. It brings up a question. Mm-hmm. What role should a title play in a poem? I think that the title should play um, the genesis as well as the synopsis of the determinate factor of the main idea of the mm-hmm. poem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what advice would you give a beginning person about titling a poem? Um, I would say to take a look to see if your title would sum up the um, stanzas of the mm-hmm. particular poem that the poet has written at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you write, Latoya, do mm-hmm. you sit and think through every word of every stanza, or do you write freely and just allow the words to flow? Well, I actually do write freely mm-hmm. and allow the words to flow naturally in the very essence of the moment. Okay. All right, all right. You know, there's a statement that poets are, the inspiration comes from any and everywhere. How's that for you? I mean, do you look for it or it just falls in your lap? Inspiration. I would say both. Sometimes Mm. I have to look for it and Mm -hmm. sometimes it just um, falls in my lap. It just depends on the particular moment and day and time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So which becomes, this is another question, becomes your favorite works, the ones that fall in your lap or the ones that you have to look for? The ones that would fall in my lap. <laughs> make <laughs> Why, it is easy. That? Why? <laughs> Why is that? Let's, let's make it easy. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to now do that's... it looking. I need some, uh, something of ease. Yeah. I like that. At least you keep yeah. it real. Yes. <laughs> Let's take a brief break and we'll be All right. right back.
We are back. I'm here with Latoya Whipple. Latoya. Yes. Your book, Broken, Crushed, Shattered, Mended, Healed, How to Survive a Broken Heart. If you had to talk to a friend or colleague and convince, in quotes, them to read the book, what would you say? Um, I would say that um, if you are looking for inspiration, if you're looking for motivation, um, then this would be a book that you would definitely um, want to choose to be motivated. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. You know, what I'd like to know from you, too, is that if you were a poet, I want you to really open up here. If you were a poet during a different era, when, where would you have wanted to exist? The Renaissance. During the Renaissance <laughs> Tell me <period>. more. <laughs> I haven't heard well, that one before. Tell me more. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I would say during the Renaissance period, because when we look at the Renaissance period, that deals with um, rebirth. Okay. So okay. I like to consider um, myself being um, a traditional person mm -hmm. with new style trends. Mm. So that's why I would feel that I would be most um, receptive to going into the Renaissance as being innovative type thing. Oh, very nice, very nice. I like that. You know, as you think about poetry too, you know, so often poetry can be so convoluted that people can't understand it. Some people, not all. My question to you is, how hard should you work at a poem to solve it in terms of reading it? How hard should you have to work? Well, um, sometimes I think some of the best pieces can be abstract. You know, sometimes okay. we don't need everything to be uh, plain black and, uh, black and white. Sometimes we need gray areas to leave a little mystery mm. for the reader. Um, mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, very nice. You know, I like that because I learned years ago from someone that yes, things are not always, as you just said, black and white, that it, oftentimes we live in the gray. And it can be confusing and a lot of anxiety living in the gray, but that's where we exist. It's not always at the two ends. It's in the middle. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Share another poem. All right. Um, this particular piece is entitled Rethinking Strategy. If one's life is not producing the expected results. Perhaps one should consider what areas in one's life one needs to either stop allowing randomness and start making dutiful inquiries on how to design productivity. If one's life is not ushering the desired outcomes, 
then perhaps one should examine effects of intervention. Analyze the contemporary problem and rethink strategy based on the determinant factors. If one's life is not harvesting the produce intended, then perhaps one should take on the lens of observational strategies by engaging in direct observation by joining a focus group of like-minded strategizers in peace. Right. What I'd like to know is how has your idea of poetry changed since you began writing? Um, my idea of poetry has changed over the years um, based on the different times that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the pandemic has presented a time of change for everyone to look at things a little yes. bit differently. So, um, so true. that has been my same perspective with um, poetry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, writers and poets write for a myriad of reasons, and we know that. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. write primarily to speak a message to their audience, while others write because to stay silent is not an option. Latoya, why do you write? Um, I had been silent for so many years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, I feel that um, releasing this book was a way for me to unmute myself, unmute my voice. Mm. The way you phrase things is incredible. Incredible. Thank you. You know, we're almost at the end of our poetic journey together, but I would like you to share one more piece. One more piece. All right. All right. This is very short, this piece here. Um, It is entitled Favorite. Everyone has a favorite word, a favorite cliche that Everyone knows them by. What's yours? Everyone has a favorite song, a favorite beat, favorite lyrics. What's yours? Everyone has a favorite book, a favorite place, a favorite memory. What's yours? Everyone has a favorite person, a favorite shirt, a favorite dance. Who or what's yours in peace? Wow. 
Latoya, what piece of advice would you give to your readers? I would say always remember that Mm -hmm. you can bounce back from life's ups and downs, no matter how difficult they are at the moment. Mm. It's very profound. Where can listeners find your work, Latoya? Um, Anyone that is interested can find my work on Amazon.com as well as BarnesandNoble.com. And um, if you have already purchased my book, and for the people in the future that were, if you would be so kind as to leave a book review of your thoughts after you read the book on either BarnesandNoble.com or Amazon.com, that would be super fantastic if you would be um, willing to do that. All right. How can listeners stay in touch? Um, For anyone that may be interested in staying in touch, I am on Instagram as L Diamond Whipple. That's L space Diamond space Whipple. W-H-I-P-P-L-E. Now, you've got to tell me about the L Diamond. (laughs) I want to know. Okay. Well, the genesis of the L diamond, um, the diamond piece um, would also coincide with the resilience piece. Um, For everyone that is familiar with the genesis of the construction of a diamond, it takes years and it's different phases in order for the diamond to reach the um, particular ingredients that it takes for it to become a diamond. So um, that's the genesis behind L Diamond Whipple. So the L? The L. Oh, the L is just my first name, Latoya. Oh, the diamond, the diamond piece, (laughs) diamond piece. All right. (laughs) Yes, sir. Beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful. (laughs) Where do you go from here in terms of your poetry? What's next for you? Um, I would say what's next for me is hopefully I would like to share my work with all listeners mm-hmm, in hopes mm-hmm. that they will pay it forward and purchase a copy of my book and that they would give it as a gift to everyone that they know and that the cycle will continue and to every person in the world has their own personal copy. Mm. Wow. I hope so too. Thank I want you, to sir. thank you for joining me tonight. I, I feel you're an incredible human being, and I thoroughly enjoyed listening to your work, listening to the strength that you give to your work. Um, I want to thank you. I just want to thank you, and I wish you nothing but the best. Likewise, sir. Thank you so much for having me on tonight. It was an absolute delight.
All right. That makes me happy. All right, yes, thank sir. you, people. <laughs> I want to thank all of you for tuning in. We always have a good time on this show. Uh, and remember my famous statement now, let poetry ring somewhere throughout the land. Good night, everybody. Take care. Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio is available on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You can also check out the website at qlpor.com.